0: Every team, every topic,
1: everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, it's Andy Bueller, high school sports reporter and host of the Scorebook Live Today podcast. So the coronavirus has shut down schools and halted high school sports, but we're taking things up a notch in hopes to help during this time of great uncertainty. Each day, we're releasing a special episode of this podcast called Dickow's Quarantine Series, where our own Dan Dickow interviews an expert in their respective field, from coaches to trainers, authors to uh, former standout athletes. Subscribe to this podcast for free, and please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's keep everyone safe by washing your hands and following the Governor's stay-at-home mandate. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Here's Dan Dickow after a word from our sponsor. Are you a small business impacted by the coronavirus? Washington Federal is here to help. Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live, and it's offering a five-year business line of credit with 90 days interest for free to businesses that have seen a 10% or greater drop. Apply now to receive up to $200,000 on business lines of credit. The folks at Washington Federal understand small businesses may need an emergency loan. They're doing their best to help during this global pandemic. If you're a small business owner who needs help, head to wafdbank.com to apply. Questions? Email business.lifeline at wafd.com.
2: Dickow, Scorebook Live, Washington with our daily podcast interview. This time I've got a chance to interview a a close friend, a a opponent at times, a workout partner at times, uh, somebody that that I've uh, really been impressed with how they've taken their basketball and athletic experiences and kind of... Uh, parlayed them into, um, being successful in one of his other passions in life. And that is none other than Scotty O'Gallagher. Uh, Scotty, how you doing today? Good,
0: brother. Thanks for having me on, man. It's good to be, it's good to be
2: here. Without a doubt. So w- when we kind of quickly look over, um, your background as an athlete and, and how you got into doing what you're doing now, um, you're, you're, very similar to what a lot of student-athletes at the high school level um, and even the college level right now are are looking at. They want to be the best athlete that they can. Um, When they're not working out, training, or playing their sport, uh, they become immersed in video games. So you went to Gresham High School in the Portland area and and graduated in 2003. You got a college scholarship to Portland State, um, and then you transferred to Warner Pacific at the NAI level and became a – all-american, you had a chance to go play professional basketball um, for a number of years in places like Australia, New Zealand, and Bulgaria, but while you were growing up, talk about your kind of upbringing, your your passion, and your work ethic as far as working at your sport, but then looking at video games and and how you became interested in those.
0: Interesting. Uh, No, I appreciate it. Um, So... Growing up, uh, three sport athlete, um, basically grew up, um, I guess we all did, right? We all played a lot of, like, you know, three sports, playing uh, multiple sports at that time was was uh, a big thing. So playing bat- baseball, basketball, football. Um, didn't even decide, uh, shoot, it wasn't until my senior year then, until I knew I was going to play basketball, thought um, I was going to play baseball and football. Um, video games was, uh, was a, you used the word, Reversed, um, and that's that, that's a that's a good word in the fact of. Um, I won't say in high school I was more of a loner, but I was that was a way to, you know, that was another outlet for me um, outside of sports. So I never partied, never had a single drink drink of alcohol until I was 25 years old. Um, I was one of those dudes, and my parents were always just like, hey, we'll get you the 2Ks, the Maddens, you know, and this is basically, you know, to keep you out from. You know, doing other things. Um, you know, back then, modes like franchise and things where you, would, you know, immerse yourself in a season of your favorite team and uh, stuff like that was much bigger. But uh, that was it. You, you went to practice, played. Um, you came back, and then you were on the sticks. And, and to a degree, man, as these games have gone on, especially our game now, um, these are becoming teaching tools. Um, for, you know, this, our scouting reports for NBA players or high school guys. I mean, kids are learning more through our game uh, now than they are than actually watching
2: the game because they're not watching the game as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. So that's where video games really took me um, initially. It was just being another outlet. That's uh, it's phenomenal to hear that you kind of used it as an outlet. You probably learned a, a lot of things about the d- particular sports that you're, you're you were playing on the screen as well as out in, uh, in competition. Your role with NBA 2K is very unique. And in, in, we've known each other for a long time. You and I have had a few conversations about um, the things that you do. But your your title is Gameplay Producer. Can you share with, with our, our listeners what exactly that means to be a gameplay producer and how you take your vision of the true sport and put it into a video game. Oh, yeah, so as a gameplay producer, that entitles, like, many things. You're a producer, you're a designer,
0: Um, so I'll take you back to, like, 2K15. You look at, that was my first year on this game, and do you look at the defensive component of how spread the game has become, right? I mean, even the game is just. Just changed. I mean, you were part of it, too. I mean, there's a lot of round four out, one in. And uh, so the defenses were more spread. Uh, so there's a lot more things you get to do, whether it's in the pick-and-roll game, how guys tag cutters. But we went to, in 15, we really wanted to make sure that we were doing, you know, we're icing, you know, or call it blue or down or whatever other coaches call it as many terms, basically forcing the side pick-and-roll down. And so one of the things I wanted to do in my engineer was implement every single pick and roll defense that's in the real sport into the game. So then you have to say, okay, what is this ice defense, for example? So then you could go and design it. And then you have to have every single answer for every single situation. And then as you're doing that, you're talking, you know, whether it's through diagrams, sheets, multiple documents, you're going to talking with your engineer about it he's the one that's got to make the numbers talk and uh, throughout there you take that and then you slowly start fitting that component in one by one alright what is this defense how does this defense change when there's four guys around the perimeter what about when three out two in what about when this player um, we've had to make different um, changes uh, with our game and the fact of a lot of teams I can say hey we really want to I to the big side and roll. That's obviously you know better name, but it's not that simple. People change their coverages depending on who the hedge man is. Okay, so if that's a four and that's the Boston Celtics are well, World, they're probably switching it. So then you have to come up with a whole different scenario. And then one thing you learn in this industry is one time you try to do something or fix something, you break another. So, um that's kind of my my task right now in its in its world. Um um, along with that you're working other things in my career or working with the, you know the dribbling movement uh, from last year with uh, just moving around on the left stick and making sure you get every player doing his own mannerisms. Uh it's an exciting job and it tells a lot of different things um, I'm only giving you kind of the chunk that it does so I don't bore everybody but uh, there's
2: a lot there so let's let's take a step back so obviously you're a part of talking with the engineers to get the game as lifelike as as possible you've got a a a big time background in playing the game understanding the game knowing the game even coaching the game at the high school level currently do you have a computer engineering background or how did you get into uh being able to be a part of such a company like 2k and in the role that you have
0: interesting yeah i got that goes back um Let's see. So when I go to Portland State, um, I first try to get in the industry. This is always something I've always wanted to do. You remember when you and I were working out and I was winning video game tournaments out when, <laughs> when we were together? Um, it's I was um, so I go in and I go I take the animation course, and at that point my knowledge and you figure the internet's really not really blowing up right until the early 2000s where if you're high speed internet and things are going and kids are you know everybody's got a computer in the house and things are so accessible there now that just wasn't the case so I was always really into gaming um, into kind of the code side of things from like scripting um, like I would build my own websites and do that kind of thing from scratch I learned some of that in high school I took that path and then um, from there as I get overseas you know you're in all the all those, you know, what they call the nerd stuff, you're informed, and and there was no Reddit at the time, but you're looking at feedback and where these games are going. Now, Dan, keep in mind, when we're growing up, football games are way ahead of basketball games. Yeah. Right? Like, films are getting the most attention. Basketball games sell, but they don't sell anywhere near what football games do. So, like, there were so many things you would look at, and it'd be no different than you and I watching film. You're like, what is that? That's not how, that. how that guy dribbles, and uh, so my thing personally goals when I got in was really trying to, I don't want to say, I guess I was the first athlete between multiple companies when I went to EA to kind of break that barrier. Um, I know some football guys that had done it, but in basketball, there really wasn't anybody that was kind of at my position where I played as far as I did, so there was a lot of things that you were trying to, like, no, this is, this is why Thibodeau is who he is. And yet, you would try to take your knowledge and then transfer the knowledge to maybe somebody else who's a genius, but yet not in a basketball way. And you have to, you know, explain that and yet design it in a way that they can implement it. Right? Because you could have all the great ideas you want, but if you can't design it and make sure you know it in thoroughly, you basically have to be a coach. I feel like Dan, you don't have to be a coach, but you've got to know it like a coach. You know, like if I'm looking. And if we were to talk to Coach Few about your continuity ball screen, if you say, oh, what about they do this? He knows every single option. That's basically what you have to do at this, and especially at this game, is like when your boys are playing it, every player is somebody's favorite player, every team is somebody's favorite team. So with YouTube and everything else that's out there, if you get something wrong, I mean, it's,
2: it's they'll make it known I mean, to your Twitter account. Put it in. <laughs> That that's uh, so interesting to hear because I I know you and I have talked about this uh, not in an in in-depth level but at least you know uh, at at a kind of hey what's going on with with your career kind of level and you've shared with me that you've met with nearly every NBA head coach and you've met with a number of of players that are currently in the league to get their feedback as a player of what they want to see and you get the feedback maybe not feedback from a coach because I don't think a coach is necessarily playing 2K, but you're getting the opportunity to sit with a coach and talk philosophy and being able to take their, their blueprint of a playbook, both offensively and defense and met and, and tinker with it with an engineer to recreate it. How do those conversations go and how open uh, are the coaches, but then how excited do the players get?
0: Oh man, that's a great question, Dan. Um, well first of all, like you were like the personal were a tremendous help. Like when I first got into the industry, right? You had known some guys and through my playing uh, days, you had your connections but I mean you spent seven, eight years in the league and you know, had a time stretch where you were playing really well and were, you know, it, it did well I and mean, you were like you were always very high to be a high IQ guy. So I could rely on you early, come back and do some other things and then the game starts to change and evolve and we start, you know, looking at different things. I think a lot of it is coaches are very forthcoming with their information. Um, I think right now, again, with how just internet, everybody's got access to everything, you know, right? You see, I see examples like that, Smoelstra and uh, Rivers were in a coaches' going basically talking about it, a bunch of stuff. I mean, people are really kind of forthcoming. I think now it's like, what's the next move? Um, as opposed to say kinda of, hey this is our identity, I don't wanna share that. I, I see less of that now the am talking to coaches. Um I get to at least about twenty two out of the thirty, probably per year. Um, I've talked with the ones of them, you know, um, you know, with the Doc Rivers of the group, with Frank Vogels, uh, to name a few. And then you you know, you had your legendary conversations like Kevin McHale and such. Uh, Mike D'Antoni. Um, And you go in pretty in-depth, and I think a lot of it for me, uh, personally, was kind of breaking the barrier of like, no, hey, I did play, and then you start speaking the language to them, and then they're like, oh, well, man, okay, now I get it. Um, So the way you have to present different questions and certain things, there's certainly a lot of things that you keep private, obviously, Um, but I really want to get their philosophy and understand why they make the adjustments that they make. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Dan, you know, how many different coaches did you play for? And I was like, well, um, a big thing is when do you double? A simple question like that, at what point do you double? Like, when, you know, when your boys play 2K right now, Steve Kerr will have a much different doubling approach depending on the efficiency, how he's scoring, where he's scoring, as opposed to a Doc Rivers. More Frank though, and such. So, those are the trend of like little details at this point. We're really trying to knock down um, transition defense. You saw the uh, adjustment with Toronto and Milwaukee in that series, and how everybody's walling up uh, when Giannis is coming down the floor. And that's something that we were coming in last year, um, and just different types of. Way that uh, unique ways that guys are doing things, but just you know, with my big ramble here, it's mostly just nailing their identity. If you became a head coach, then it would be, I want to know everything from the tempo that you play to how you like to play side pick and roll, top pick and roll, how you play in the post, how you tag a cutter. Which ways and which way is cheating and sitting on the nail on the, on the
2: weak side. You know what I'm saying? All those types of things. That's where we're at. We're at a pretty scary level, but it's exciting at the same time. No, it's, it's, it's really fascinating because, you know, I personally have never, uh, was never big into video games, and the reason why is because I was terrible at them, um, and I never spent the time to really get good at them. But when, when I watch my boys play them now, I can see a lot of these things that you're talking about, about differences between different teams. Um, what would your recommendation be for a young high school kid uh, who might want to get into the industry? Uh, well, first thing, you tell them basically the same thing to tell them about anything. that they,
0: they said, hey, hey Mr. Big Guy, how do I, tell you? I don't get into your day? I mean, you're never going to let anybody tell you no. Right, that was kind of my thing. My thing was that I wasn't different than anybody. I just... And and ways I just never stopped grinding. I never stopped trying. Great. Right? I, I had a podcast when I was in New Zealand um, that got into the top hundred at, at one time. Uh, I created my own website. I did my own own thing to try to build my own path. And if it didn't work, it didn't work. But my thought was, and my you know my love was all in, in the right place. Um, so, but that's you know the first things. You know, first is I would say you know figure out a way to obviously take care of your schooling or whatever that skill set that you want to be is, and uh, whether that's in engineering or animation or design. I mean now there's gaming design schools and it's it's wild, um, and uh, we, you know there's a lot of people that are coming out of that. So you know, and and from there you just you, you just you just grind it out, and then you know you got people that are
2: getting in the industry through YouTube. Uh, through forums, um, so there's multiple ways of getting in now that just weren't present, you know, when I was coming through. There's a, there's always a lot of uh, excitement and interest when 2K gets released every year, um, both from yeah. fans and players uh, of the game to actual NBA players themselves of what their rating is and how those ratings came about. Um can you share any unique stories about maybe a player being upset with their rating and, and maybe, you know, how you go about determining those ratings?
0: Uh, I, so we have a, uh, ratings, uh, guy by the name of Mike Stoffer, a uh, great guy. Um, and, um, he went to Ohio State, um, studied the game a, a, a long time. Um, it's he he does one hell of a job and he is he gets hell from everybody. Um, it's it's you know even the guys who get their ratings right it's it's like damned if you do damned if you don't because they don't it's like oh hey I'm, I'm good with my ninety five they don't say that you only hear about the ones that complain about it I guess.
3: <laughs> but you know dude it, it's funny when you're in the league right you've heard that for years. I mean, I know some
0: guys that wouldn't play particular games whether it was basketball or football because how they were rated. Now you just kind of just accept it. I'll tell you what, though. I got hit up by an NBA All-Star, I'll leave them nameless, who texts me and was pissed that he didn't have a particular badge. And we have badges that basically say it's like a specialty. We have a corner specialist badge that says, you know, like, imagine like a Kyle Corver or a Bruce Bowling. So he shoots it well from threes. So you can say, hey, well, Bruce Bowling 85 free. Oh, but he's got the corner specialist badge, so he's getting a boost for that. Right. So these badges are ways that we can other ways to identify players. And uh, yeah, I had a, a guy hit me up and
2: asked me, "A player? How do I not have this?" That's you know? that. That's awesome. I did come across the other day on social media. LeBron, I believe, has a one hundred rating, and the all-time low was uh, Brian Scalabrini, unfortunately, of, of a forty. Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot uh, and ask you what my rating would have been back in the day, but I would imagine you and I have been friends. You would have given me a little bit of a boost, I hope, right? Oh, man, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll fight for you. I talk to uh, Mike all the time, you know, so I'd, uh, I said, yeah, he, he, he you know, he, he had his run, man, let's give him some, you know, you'd be fine today, you'd be picking a roll. Uh, does your game fit more today's game or for the era that you've played?
2: Oh, absolutely. It would have been better for today's game. And I think uh, I there are a number of guys that uh, would fit into that same category. So, um, Scotty... And that's a discussion that we have all the time, too. So that's uh, how does it... That's,
0: especially when you rate legends?
2: Yes. Where do you... It's, it's I, The one thing I can't stand
0: is... These uh, are always great talking people. You. you mentioned with your son and Kareem and... Educating through the games, it's awesome. But the debates come up all the time. Like um, you hear Chris Jackson, I moved up to Ralph, and what he, you know, his game twenty years ahead of his time. Nick Van Exel is twenty years ahead of his time.
2: For sure. So you say
0: your game, this is game, ahead of this time. Where's the Dennis Johnson fall Where's the James Worthy fall? But then you can't penalize them because the rules are different. Every I've had coaches. I've even argued with NBA coaches. They'll say, well. You know, Scott, that's an inefficient shot. Sure it is, like the post shot, right? Sure it is. But the way the game's is called is why it's an inefficient shot. Yeah. Right.
2: He- There's mauling down there, but you can't touch anybody on the perimeter. So, yeah. Well, it looks you know it's changed the rules up you know back to where they were a little bit, then that's a you know different discussion. So again, the game brings up great debates, brings people together. Uh, it's one one hell of a job I've been fortunate enough to do. Yeah, it's, it, uh, it, it sounds like you found your passion um, in, in, in the business world after uh, having the opportunity to kind of play it at some very high levels athletically in the game of basketball. So, um, Scotty, we appreciate your time. If anybody wants to follow you uh, on social media, how can they, how can they do that? And um, what would be the best way to reach out to you if they had other questions?
0: Yeah, that's uh, Twitter, Scott O'Gallagher,
2: first and last name. So uh, that's where you can it all around. I'm in those uh, Twitter streets quite often, my friend. Uh, and uh, listen to all types of good and bad basketball, football, baseball takes. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, Scotty, appreciate the time. I think there was uh, quite a bit of tremendous insight for uh, current student-athletes, players, and Parents and hopefully even coaches to understand why and how these coaches and, excuse me, these players can learn something from the game at these times. So appreciate it, Scotty, and uh, hopefully we connect soon.